Welcome to another episode of the Halloween Podcast. I'm your host, Lyle Perez, and today I'm being joined by Bobby from the That's So 90s Podcast. Hey, Bobby, how you doing? Doing pretty good, Lyle. I mean, I'm feeling pretty spooky after this episode we just watched. I still got chills all up and down my spine, but we can get into that, and it will be like a little therapy session between me and you. Yeah, total therapy session, because I honestly saw it probably about five minutes before we started recording, so it is fresh in my mind, and uh, for everyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, well, you probably do, because you saw the title of the podcast, but we're going to talk about Are You Afraid of the Dark, specifically the episode The Tale of the Twisted Claw which originally aired on October 31st, 1990. And it was season one, episode four. So Bobby, what'd you think of this episode? Um, This episode, which like you said, is now almost, it's closest to 30 years old. Yep. I think is still effective in spooky and creepy. And I'm just saying that because nobody knows my background, this show used to scare the crap out of me growing up. Like, when the intro would come on, the one that we were just listening to, when that intro started right after, like, Rugrats Mm -hmm. or Spongebob or whatever it was after, I'd be like, nope. I'd run for the remote (laughs) and turn off the TV because, like, I'm like, this show will creep the crap out of me. I'm not a fan of horror films. I've never been a fan. I'm still not a fan. Um, So, anyway, watching this show, watching this episode the first time, I think I've watched maybe a full episode ever Mm -hmm. of, of Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. And I think it's still pretty ineffective, especially for kids, and even for somebody like me who's in my 20s, still pretty spooky. It still made me feel very uncomfortable at points. Mm. So overall, if that's what they were trying to accomplish, I think this comp- accomplished that, and, uh, and, and I think the writers and the directors should be very proud of themselves. Oh, yeah, but how creepy is that intro? You got the uh, single swinging... Uh, swing and you got like an abandoned boat just sitting there nowhere you got a this uh, leprechaun or something in the attic that is crazy it's it's you know what it's like it's cheesy and I and you I know, I know there's certain people that can point and be like come on this is just this is just, it's just ridiculous it's over the top it's whatever <laughs> it's cheesy but it is effective it is still kind of eerie you know right and uh, especially with that music in the background and the uh, self-lighting match at the very end like that's what I'm saying. Like there is no when when that intro came on, there was no there was no point where where I thought, oh, Doug is about to start, Rugrats is about to start. We all <laughs> knew what was about to start. It's right. completely different than every other show on Nickelodeon, exactly. and that's great. And there's probably some kids that grew up and were like, this is the best show on Nickelodeon by far. But I'm just saying that was not my jam. So anyway, that intro still gives me goosebumps. So, congratulations, don't be afraid of the dark. You just scared the crap out of a 20-year-old man. <laughs> yeah, it's scaring you so bad you're calling it don't be afraid of the dark when it's are you afraid of the dark? Well, I am. All right? <laughs> I am afraid of the dark. All right? So, you should so, just call it yes, yes, exclamation point. I never want to be in the dark again. Yeah, with a big old flashlight, so you mm. don't have to be in the dark. 
but uh, that's cool. I mean, you gave us a little bit of the background with the with the show. I don't remember watching it as much as a little kid. It was more of because I think I was five when this show came out, mm-hmm. so um, I don't remember much. I, I don't remember seeing this episode as a kid. I don't remember seeing uh, hardly any of these episodes as a kid. I do remember watching the Midnight Society. I remember watching those group of kids around the campfire because yeah. that uh, that whole scenery seems very familiar. Um, but it could also be that I'm just remembering it from when I watched it probably about 15 years ago versus watching it almost 30 years ago now. So, yeah, just the, the scenery, I remember that well. I remember the kids. Uh, I probably seen a lot of those commercials for it, like uh, on Nickelodeon, because I used to watch Nickelodeon nonstop. Some people were Nickelodeon, other people were Disney. I was a Nickelodeon kid. So, do you think this show works better for? What, what do you think the age group is is the best for this show? The age group would probably be early middle school, sixth yeah. grade or so, is probably the prime age for this show uh if you're too young this show might creep you out a little bit even though it's it now it is really cheesy Mm -hmm. but back then it it probably wasn't as as cheesy because uh you were very young so one thing scared you uh the women's laugh in this show that we just saw probably would have scared me as a kid because it was so horrific but now all i could think of man this is going on for a good 20 seconds of just pure this woman laughing so that's kind of weird um but as a kid no that would have creeped me out so i would say early middle school is the probably the best age to watch this show yeah and i i agree i think that i think for me this show is already on as I was like, it, I was already, it was already out. Like I was born in 1993, so this show was already in the middle of its kind of run. So it was already kind of out there when I was growing up. And like I said, because they sandwich it between two kid friend, more at least more kid friendly shows on Nickelodeon, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it just felt like randomly this show would come out of nowhere. You know, all of a sudden you're like tricked into watching it, or maybe all of a sudden I put it on and I'm like, oh no, it's this show again. And for somebody like me who's like doesn't like anything i don't like being scared i don't like spooky <laughs> stuff you know I, I got scared like the most simple plot lines would like mess me up as a kid like you know like i'd be up for hours at night just being like <laughs> oh my god something's gonna get me and i feel like as a kid growing up you had there was basically this and there was goosebumps like mm-hmm. those were kind of you were like a kid horror fan and you still didn't want anything that was like you know texas chainsaw massacre you weren't right. ready for that yet of course it basically you had this we had goosebumps and both of those things. Like I remember walking around the old blockbuster and you would just in, in parts of the kids section or whatever, you'd see the VHS covers for goosebumps mm-hmm. and even just the VHS covers. I was like, what is this? Are you kidding me? Like there was like a kid <laughs> with like a giant green, angry monster face. And uh-huh. I'm just like, come on, man. So I feel like I, like I said, I think for, you know, middle schoolers and somebody maybe more towards their teens, I think this is probably kind of perfect because it's not really cheesy for them yet but it's not too scary or too gory or anything that you might get into you know once you start getting to like west craven or any of that stuff in the right. future right this show we talked about goosebumps a little bit goosebumps was a little bit later on and uh, i would classify goosebumps a little bit younger because it's it's not as the the stories on goosebumps aren't as scary mm-hmm. as the ones on are you afraid of the dark 
Um, and Are You Afraid of the Dark, I think, was Canadian, like a Canadian show. So um, maybe Canadian uh, producers and story writers made it scarier. Um, and mm-hmm. then when it got to America, of course, uh, America likes to uh, kind of baby us. <laughs> so I said, no, let, let's go with a little bit more tame show uh, for Goosebumps. But even though I think Goosebumps was a Canadian uh, show as well. Um, but I think later on in the 90s, they started babying us more. Yeah. It seemed yeah. that way as in, you know, late 80s, early 90s stuff. Because you can tell there, there's a huge difference between both of these. And uh, at the time, it was it was the only ones of, of their kind. I mean, uh, a kid anthology show like this was pretty unheard of, other than like the Twilight Zone. But it's not like they had the the kids version of Twilight Zone floating around. They just had Are You Afraid of the Dark or Goosebumps. And also, let's talk about what type of trends is this show setting for kids all right okay are you afraid of the dark you got kids going out in the middle of the in the woods without their parents without any sort of supervision mm-hmm. starting fires in the middle of the woods like all these things like this is this is these are not the type of role models that these that other kids watching the show should look up to i'm right. just saying like come on kids you should be watching watch some like angry beavers or rugrats or whatever hey arnold hey arnold was a great role model i'm just saying there's something about <laughs> these kids it's like i want to be like these kids these who these hooligans yeah trading their trading their ghost stories in the middle of a campfire i don't want that i never wanted that yeah, that's so strange to me. Like, how? Where do they live? Because they have to be living like near a campground. Because there's no way that they're going to be able to start a fire like that without the fire department mm-hmm. coming. Um, even where I live, I live in the middle of nowhere. I live very rural area. The houses are miles apart. It seems, um, except for where my house is. My house, there's like six neighbors really close to each other, uh, and by close, I mean five acres apart. So Mm. we can see each other. We could like wave, but you could only see, you know, the hand movements of the other person waving. You can't really make hear them or make out what they're saying. But uh, if you start a fire around here, you need to have a fire permit because if you don't, even just a small bonfire, they uh, the fire department will come and they will find you because it's so horrible to do it. And where these kids are, they can't be in the city either because where what kind of an area would this be in a city? So I don't know where these kids live. And I'm assuming they probably have super boring lives. I'm just assuming it because, and I don't know, but I'm just saying if they're going out to the forest every couple nights, every weekend night, whatever it is, and swapping ghost stories, what, you ain't going to the movie theaters? You ain't going to the arcades? No. You're playing some Nintendo 64 at home? I'm just saying I never really, I know different people have different lives than the one that I led as a kid, Mm -hmm. but I liked my life of playing Nintendo 64, getting eaten pizza every Friday night. These kids are going out in the middle of the forest all lonely and cold. Yeah. I about that. With their fire and everything. Because I was a Nintendo 64 kid. I was a Super Nintendo kid, too. So... I would much rather be sitting in front of the TV just playing Super Mario, playing Zelda, you name it, that was my life. Yeah, exactly. And then also it's like you can just go like backyard of somebody's houses. You got there's what, eight of these kids or seven of these kids. They can change houses every weekend. Hey, mm-hmm. we're gonna be in the back of Jimmy's house, hang out in his backyard. We're not that far from a toilet. You know, we can all hang around the old jacuzzi or whatever you got going on, the TV or whatever. And then next week we're gonna go to Carol's house or something. There's no reason to trek into the middle of the forest. Like also their parents I feel like would be worried sick. 
They'd be like, where have you been for three hours? And why do you smell like bonfire? You know? <laughs> yes. Why would you smell like bonfire? They'd probably think they're smoking. Smoking cigarettes. Yeah, exactly. What are these kids up to? I, if I'm just saying, if I was a parent, I'd be like, what are you doing? I, I just, I just, I bought Pizza Hut. Why don't you hang around the house? And this kid's like, oh, no, no, no. And then they come home, and now they have all these, like, new preconceived notions, and, and they're they're scared of stuff that they weren't scared of before, like little creeks in the house and stuff. I'm like, these kids are just ruining their futures. <laughs> like, that's all that's doing. That is exactly what's going on in this show. They're mm. They're having nightmares. Their parents are probably very angry at these other kids probably calling up the other each other's moms uh mom calling one mom hey um your my kid can't sleep kiki can't sleep because uh frank she said something about frank telling her a story about about a clown or who knows what and uh, she can't sleep so i would appreciate it if you would uh keep your son away from my daughter and um why do they always smell like smoke yeah yeah this is this, this is bad, man. Bad role models. I don't trust these kids. And I want to know. You know what I want to see? I want to see the reboot and everything. I want to mm-hmm. see, like, where are all these kids in this midnight society or whatever? What are they doing now? Right? Because they probably, I don't know what their lives are. I don't think any of them are, some uh, like, successful stockbrokers or anything. No. Because they messed up their lives early, man. I'm just saying. So I want to see what's up with these kids. No, I'm pretty sure they're all inspiring writers is what they're all doing. Yeah, they all thought they. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the thing. They're all sitting around every weekend night for years, for at least six seasons. So it is for six years or whatever, right? And they mm-hmm. all were telling each other, "Oh, that's such a great story." Oh no, your story is better. And they gave themselves all this false hope, and they all thought they could be the next Stephen King. And guess what? None of y'all Stephen King. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's where their lives are at. They're broke, and they're still living their parents. And they're probably still getting together in that forest every weekend, even though they're in their early forties. How about that? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, early 40s, but at the time, <laughs> this was a, a good show at the time, I'm going to say. Even if you don't dig as far into it as we just did, it was it was okay for what it was. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I, like I said, and it was something different. You know, it was like all the different things, especially Nickelodeon or Disney Channel... All you you could you could see things on Disney Channel or things on Nickelodeon and be like oh vi- that belonged to this one that belonged to the other one they're all interchangeable mm-hmm. but uh, you know this show Are You Afraid of the Dark definitely felt like at least they're at least they're trying to do something different at least they're trying to do something spooky for like a different uh, uh, age group or a different demographic or something so and even even just watching this episode maybe we should get more specifically in the episode that we watched but even <laughs> just watching the episode right. you know I was kind of like this is like I said I felt uneasy. As a as a as somebody in my twenties, I was like, there is something about this that, like, you know, it, I think it is for the most part pretty well directed, pretty well written, and especially like on a regular basis, doing this kind of Twilight Zone esque, you know, anthology series or something. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that actually seems pretty cool. I like if I was if I was more into the horror kind of genre and stuff, I'd probably be down to write an episode of this, you know? Yeah, yeah that's um, that's always fun. These types of shows, I I love the Twilight Zone. Um, I loved Goosebumps at the time. I loved this one. So any anthology, I wish there was more anthology series out there, but mm. there really isn't. So if there ever, you know, everything is coming back. So maybe R.L. Stein will be like, yeah, let's do Goosebumps again. I will probably watch it. Or uh, you know, let's get let's get the Midnight Society back together. I would probably watch it. Or let's let's do the Twilight Zone for the third time. Let's try that. Okay. So I would be down for all of those. 
Yeah, and you know, it's you know what I'm thinking. Like, this is also the type of show where it's like perfect for like slumber parties. It's perfect like if you have all your friends over and you turn on an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark, or even if you popped in a VHS of Goosebumps or something like that, and you all you're all together and you got all the lights off, and then oh, something spooky, but it's not really that. It's not like it's not super terrifying for most people as kids. It's not like it's gonna scar them for life. It's just right. oh, that was kind of spooky. Oh, that laugh was kind of creepy. But like we were talking about, especially in this episode, there's a lot of like ridiculous stuff. <laughs> um, uh, just just even the plot itself. So let's get into the actual yeah, episode let, let's get about into the, 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 the weird raven's claw that grandson wishes. <laughs> or whatever the hell is going on in this episode. Right. So it was uh, the tale of the twisted claw, which I've already said. And let's let's do it. Let's go right into it. So it uh, it begins there. The two friends, Kevin, I think his name is, and Dougie. Kevin and Dougie. It was hard to hear because I was watching it on my phone. So Kevin and Dougie, they're in Mischief Night. Did you know that that was an actual thing, Mischief Night? The only reason I know that is because of there was an episode of Rocket Power, mm -hmm. also on Nickelodeon, where they talked about Mischief Night. But yeah. I've never participated because no. I'm a goody-goody. But no, I didn't know that was really a thing. <laughs> yeah, apparently October 31st is... Uh, no, October 30th is Mischief yeah. Night. So that's the night where kids go out and do um, dumb things. But I thought I always thought it was Halloween. But whatever, I don't want to, to dig too far into Mischief Night. So uh, we meet the two friends, Dougie and Kevin. They uh, they're like shaving, or not shaving. Uh, they're throwing uh, toilet paper on on a tree or something. Have you ever done that? That seems like such a terrible waste. It is, especially especially when you get older. And you start realizing like how precious certain things are, like toilet paper or shaving cream or even eggs. You know, people like egg house. It's like, come on, mm -hmm. man, that's like an omelet right there. Yeah, you could just put it back up inside the uh, pan and cook it up. Mm -hmm. But anyway, yeah, these are some real hooligans, and they're trashing houses. And one is definitely worse than the other, but but in the end, they both kind of suck. Yeah, they're both they're both terrible. Yeah, <laughs> towards the end. So they're sitting there. Uh, I'm guessing I, I I couldn't tell the difference between the both of them to tell you the truth. Um, so I'm just gonna call one Kevin because I think he's Kevin. So Kevin, um, he he knocks on like the witch's house in quotation marks because oh. it's like this creepy house of an old woman. Um, but then when you finally see her at the end, she doesn't look that old. They could have gotten an older actress to do it, but um, that's another thing. So she, uh, they knock on her door, and, and they're going to, like, uh, put shaving cream all over her door. And she opens it in total cartoon style. They get it all over her face. Kevin and Dougie were best friends, but Kevin was way more daring. He was always looking for adventure, and on that mischief night, he found it. She might hear us. Sorry. Ha, 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 ha. 
And she like, and it's funny because yeah, they they hit her with the cream, and she's like she like falls back ten feet, like she just got hit with like a bazooka or <laughs> like something, acid or something, and just and just completely like knocks over things in her house. So uh, she is a fragile old witch. Mm-hmm. She knocks over like this vase or something, and uh, the vase plays a big part in this apparently because we see it like four other times uh, throughout the show. But uh, they break the vase, and that's Mischief Night. They, I don't know, they, they do, like, this crazy jump scene where I thought it was already Halloween night, but then you get back to the to either Kevin or Dougie's house. No, it's Dougie's house, I'm going to say that. And they're putting on costumes, or not putting on costumes. I don't know. Who's in a costume? Dougie... I don't know what the good, Dougie was. The good, the good, the better of the two kids. You know, like there's like the one that's like, oh, I'm super cool. The one that has like a buzz cut is the bad egg. Mm-hmm. And then there's one that's like a better bad egg. And that's the one that we're at his house. Which also, that was another thing. Like you said, yeah, I didn't know it was Halloween and then not Halloween. So I was like, wait, are these different kids? Or are these the same kids? Right. So I, I was confused for a while because it's all just a bunch of white kids. So I was like, I don't know if these are the same kids as the one that we just saw. But and it turns out that they are the same kids and they're getting ready for halloween Mm -hmm. dougie is i don't know what he's just wearing like some white uh onesie it kind of looks like uh, with a mask on and i i don't know what he's supposed to be yeah like super generic man like you come on dougie you can do better than that dress up as like optimus prime or something cool like a power ranger or something but no he just like puts on a sheet and then you got some cheap mask for five bucks. And you're really expecting to get candy like that? Um, I wouldn't give him any candy, especially not the big candy bars that he always wanted. Not you got Dougie's got to try harder. Just saying. Yeah, he's got to try harder. Uh, harder. At least Kevin went straight up hobo. He even had like a, a five <laughs> o'clock shadow. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, I did see that. Yeah, and then at one point they fall in the trash, and it's like, oh, dude, that completes the costume. Yeah, that trash it, on you. It certainly does. So they're at the. Um, uh, Kevin shows up. The mom's like, "Hey, Kevin's here," and we get the uh, the narration that they're best friends, and they go they go out trick or treating out to venture the town, and some crazy stuff happens when they, for some reason, for some reason, they they're like, "Hey, we should go back to that house where we got where we broke that lady's vase and basically harassed her or in like you know." whatever pretty much almost and killed he's her like oh are you sure that's a good idea and the other kid's like oh we're in costume she'll never know but she does know mm-hmm. and then there comes the raven's claw yeah there was two boys that vandalized my door almost killed me and now there's two boys in front of my house trick-or-treating hmm that seems uh like a coincidence well and then they also say i believe one of the kids says something like oh that's old lady whatever's house nobody goes to that house mm-hmm. and it's like so when then why are you going to it and then why are you going to it two nights in a row and then especially after the night that you vandalize it at least give it like who cares you don't need to get candy from there there's so many houses yeah if nobody goes there then obviously she's not gonna have any candy because nobody goes there why you why waste your time and you get and it's just and especially you just broke like i don't know if you've ever done it like when you do something bad and you, you get the, you leave, right? You get the hell out of there as fast as possible and you don't return. Like that was like, right. it's always like, when so, even as a kid, you're just like, oh, I gotta run. And then they decide to be like, oh, let's go back for no reason. And it's just like, you idiots. They deserve that Raven's Claw. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not like Bloodsport where you're gonna go 
steal something and then the guy's gonna invite you inside his house teach you kung fu and then you're gonna go out and win a tournament for him because he became your master all of a sudden when you were gonna steal something from him maybe that's what they were thinking maybe they're hoping they would learn kung fu do you get that reference <laughs> well probably... yeah you, i mean blood sport so <laughs> i was thinking you were too young no, I got it. And they are hoping they would learn Kong. <laughs> they probably saw the movie, and they're like, hey, maybe she'll invite us in. We'll learn, a few, we'll learn some old lady moves. Yeah. And they were wrong because they got the different type of old lady, the witch's old lady moves with her creepy laugh. That, I thought that lady that they cast, I know maybe she wasn't old enough, but her laugh, she was pretty creepy. I thought oh, she yeah. was pretty. I would be creeped out if I met her. Very creepy. Uh, I think I, I couldn't get her name. I think it was Miss Clove was her name. Yeah, so Miss Clove, and she... Uh, she invites a man. They go inside. Who goes inside somebody's house like that? I don't. Especially on Halloween with no lights on. Like, you know something. These kids are dumb. Like, yes. you know something's up. This is all your childhood fears now already coming to life right there. Mm-hmm. And, and, the, and the worst thing they get is that they get, like, a, a little claw or something. Like, I yeah. would be expecting way worse than that. Trick or treat. Trick or treat. Treat or treat? I didn't think anyone was coming. Come in. Come in. Come in. I am so glad someone finally came. I just love Halloween, but no children ever stop by. Maybe they think the place is haunted. (laughs) (laughs) Let me see your costumes. Oh, nice. Very nice. We got a lot more has to go, ma'am. And tell you what, because you boys were the only children nice enough to come and see me on Halloween, I'm going to give you a special treat. Wait right here. Yeah, she opens up like this old, it looked like a music box at first, and then there's a, she says it's a vulture's claw, which I Ah. I don't think you'd be able to tell the difference between a bird, a chicken, a crow, a quail, a vulture, who knows? But apparently vulture's supposed to be this magical creature or something, even if you just got a foot of it, Um, but I'm going to see if I can catch one now and chop its foot off and then see if I can (laughs) get some wishes, because that's what this thing does. It grants them three wishes and these kids i think it was kevin kevin is so bad he goes um do we each get three wishes or is it just three wishes combined like he wants to get more wishes yeah and that's the thing okay and that's another thing is this some sort of known mythology somewhere about the claw and the wishes because it was all kind of it was so random what a random thing that it just feels like somebody was just like i guess there's a claw and then there's some wishes but they're bad wishes kind right. of but they're kind of bad wishes and they're i mean we'll talk about it more specifically but mm-hmm. like i don't know it was just such, it was like what what is this is, is this they should have just gone some like something that all the kids know like the boogeyman or something like you know or uh, like vampires or a mummy or, or i don't know these bigger ideas but I don't know. I mean, good or bad, it's just, I was like, this is, this doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, it didn't make any sense to me either. I mean, I know they use, like, um, chicken feet in voodoo rituals, but that's, like, mm. as far as it goes. I never heard of anything for a vulture's claw, but I don't know. I'm not going to deal with this witch because she might cast a spell on me, and I don't want that, even though she, this 30 years ago, <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah. So I want none of that. Okay, Mrs. Clove, leave me alone. So they, uh, Miss Clove kind of talks in this strange accent. I couldn't figure out where she was from. Um, either Scottish or she was British or Jamaican. I don't know what she was. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that was just like her, her witches, her evil, creepy accent. Okay, evil, creepy accent. We're good. So um, they get three wishes each. Uh, each of them get three wishes, which I later figured out throughout the um uh, episode because they did more than three wishes so i'm gonna assume they each get three and uh they is, is that it though because it's like yes uh, didn't they only make a total of five wishes though uh yes yeah, so, something like that like uh i doesn't make it it's like they ran out of time in, with the episode they, they just said you know what end it kevin end it <laughs> and then that's it they Very ended it so um they get three wishes they, they take off they're like yeah look at this dumb thing um Oh, before they leave, she she does, you know, the the big Halloween trope. Just one thing. Be careful what you wish for. You might just get it. And mm-hmm. as they as they take off, so they're they're leaving. They're they're like, ah, oh, we need to get more candy. But this is where I thought it was pretty strange. So, it I don't know if they were. This was their last house. Or if it was their first house, but their bags are full of candy, and we didn't see them go anywhere else except for Miss Clove's house. And their first wish, inadvertently, was that they wanted to do no more trick or treating. That's what Kevin says. Mm-hmm. And something happens with the claw. And I guess it zapped him. I don't know, but he like dropped. It. He's like, oh, it moved, and. And then something happens. See, these kids are just like we were talking about. They're just greedy. There's no reason they need to go to the house if they already had a huge sack of candy. Mm-hmm. They they just but wanted they, to show her up. They wanted more. Yeah. They wanted more for some reason. And and that's their biggest thing. Not like that's the thing. When you trash somebody's house, you don't go back to the scene of the crime. You never you go know? back because this is what happens. This is what happens. And especially like, oh, we need one more Butterfingers. No, you idiots. Just stop. <laughs> Just yes. stop what you're doing, and none of this would have happened. But maybe they would have never learned the lesson that they're going to learn. Right. So I guess, you know, it's good for everyone involved. Yeah, like, honestly, their bags were full. And they had, I think, pillowcases, and it was to the brim. There's no possible way you're going to eat that much. You can say, oh, I love candy. I'm going to eat the whole thing. No, you're not. You would die if you ate that much candy in such a short amount of time before it expires and goes bad. I'm pretty sure they probably got... 30 maybe pieces of candy out of it before mom got sick of seeing it and tossed it in the trash well see that's the thing about halloween though you know is that like it's not about the candy itself it's about the sport of trick-or-treating like i feel like (laughs) when i was a kid it was just about how many houses can you hit in in a certain amount of time or in a certain amount of blocks until your family until your mom or your dad goes all right we got to go home now or whatever it was because right. I remember getting a crap ton of candy that would fill up. You know, my mom would always put it in a big wood bowl, and then in the end, I ate it for maybe the next like week or so, and then my mom would be like, "All right, we're giving this to charity or whatever." Mm-hmm. She'd get rid of it, and it's right. like, yeah, because I'm never even gonna eat all this stuff. So I understand it's just about like how much candy can you get, and I feel like that's like the kids' mentality. Of course, nobody's gonna eat that much candy. We don't need that candy. No. Nobody, I don't have that candy. I didn't even want. I was like, I don't even want Smarties or whatever. <laughs> You know, it's just like, I'm just like, get rid of it, Ma. So I understand where the kids are coming from. Right. Uh, in that regard. Right. So they, they're walking 
walking along, minding their own business, they come up to some bullies who are wearing Phantom of the Opera masks. At least that's what it looks like. Right. It was creepy. This scene, this scene, this was the scene that I'm like, this makes me feel uncomfortable, was mm-hmm. that scene. Yeah, because they, they say, give us a candy. And uh, Kevin's not giving it up. He's like, no way, I worked hard for this candy. You guys might as well just go trick-or-treating because you can get free candy all night long instead of robbing poor little old me and Dougie. And they uh, they don't listen. They Kevin just, I think, punches them or pushes them, something. One of them gets knocked over over their bikes, and a chase ensues. It was very overly dramatic, but also it was like it was like Clockwork Orange, though. Like they're all wearing masks and they're just like gonna torture these kids yeah. or whatever was going on. But yeah, then the it's really awkwardly shot in that sequence because it was like one of the little kids like pushes the bad guy away or the, one of the goons, and the goons <laughs> like falls over on a bike, and they're all like, "Oh, we gotta get him!" And then it's like this really ch- short, weird chase sequence that I actually had to go back to halfway through I went back to it because I was like was that when I started realizing what the claw did it was like oh you get a wish but something bad happens I was like did anything else happen in that scene was that the bad thing that happened is they pushed they got like some dudes some bad people followed them like that's not so bad yeah I mean the the worst thing that happened Kevin lost his candy because he didn't go yeah and that's probably it. a good thing you know because A your mom's gonna give it away and B obesity like so you know it's like over in the end yeah. like that's probably not a terrible thing win win for Kevin but I'm pretty That's sure Dougie gave him, like, you know, a handful. Say, here you go. Um, take some, because I still got mine. But <laughs> the bully said something that I haven't heard since the 90s, uh, that they were going to pound them. Yeah, give them a knuckle <laughs> sandwich. Yeah. One of those old things. But those kids were terrible. Like, I don't know. That was also what I was thinking. I was like, are these kids actually going to beat them up? Like, what when, the, when they showed up with the masks, like, what's actually going to happen, though? You know? And also, they probably know who those kids... Those masks aren't protecting anything. They're probably like, hey, man, you're in my English class. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, they, they're they in school now. They stopped trick-or-treating because, you know, after the incident, they're like, yeah, no more trick-or-treating. So Kevin's wish came true, but it came true with a couple of consequences. So now they're in school, and uh, this, is, this was a total weird thing. Because they're arguing about um, a kid who I didn't catch his name. It sounded like um, Bostic, I guess his name is. <laughs> who names these oh, people? Oh, yeah, the, the, the cool kid with the mullet. <laughs> yeah, the cool kid that it was the fastest runner in school. And Kevin said, you know what? I wish I could beat him. And then the claw did its little thing again. And uh, that's it. We go to gym class. And the uh, gym teacher is like yelling inside this megaphone. Um He's yelling at the kids, getting them pumped up. They're going to run the mile. They're going to race. And they all line up. Uh, Kevin and Bostic is what I'm going to call him because that's what I heard. Bostic is uh, getting ready to fight. Or not fight, but to run. They take off running. And everything is running in slow motion, it seems like, because nobody's going fast. Uh, There's some really awesome rock music going on in the background for this little scene. Okay, you guys ready? Runners, take your marks. Get set. And 
out of nowhere, Dougie hears something from the tree behind him. He's like, well, what is that? It sounds like somebody's talking. And then all of a sudden, this German Shepherd flies out of the tree, it looks like. Goes after the guy. Doesn't attack him. Just, like, runs in front of the cool guy, tripping tri- him. Trips him. Yeah, that was that, that that was weird. See, this is this is at this point I'm on the edge of my seat, all right? Because I was like, <laughs> all right, something crazy is going to go down, right. right? Because you know something bad's going to happen in the race to that mullet kid that is also kind of beautiful and all the ladies love him for some mm-hmm. reason. But I was just like this kid just has a mullet. Right. And so all of a sudden whatever the kid the, the good the, the good of the bad eggs who's not in the race looks over and he starts hearing something from the tree and I was like, "Oh, Something's gonna pop out. I thought something was gonna pop out of the tree. Like I literally thought the tree was gonna like open or open, something, yeah. or like something was gonna come alive, or like a branch was gonna fall on the kid or something. Like I was like, oh my god, something nuts is gonna happen. Right. And then like yeah, like you were saying, it's just like a tr- a, a dog comes out, literally just comes out from behind the tree, <laughs> yeah. runs full speed, goes right in front of Baztic or Mullet Kid, and then trips him. And then everyone just and then everyone just jumps over him and they're like, oh, okay, great. And then he like hurts his knee or something. But it was another one. Yeah. That's where that's where it is. Where it's like this is definitely a kid's show because mm-hmm. it's like if this was the Twilight Zone, that dude would have been murdered straight up by like a, the, the, the tree branch would have went right into him or something. Yeah. But obviously it's a kid's show, so nothing like too crazy, violent, or scary can happen. So it's right. just like ah, oh, he tripped and then he hurt his knee and it was like oh, and and the kids are horrified too. The kids with the claw are like oh, what did we do? Yeah. So and at that point I was like nah, this is lame. Yeah, and the dog was like nowhere to be found. Apparently I don't think anyone else saw it except for Kevin. But obviously you can see the dog. You see him. Everyone had to have seen it, but so everyone's did it magically like, oh. appear? Do we think like it just kind of like came out of a puff of smoke or something? I, that's what I'm assuming because you hear like some soft talking from behind him, or and you see the tree, like the tree. There, the cameraman's like looking at that tree, like something's about to happen with this tree. Keep your eye on it, and the dog just comes up from out of it. I don't know, comes up from behind or something. It, it could have been done better. It could have been uh, something. Uh, cooler, like um, let's say a uh, little fat guy in a moped comes out and like runs <laughs> out in front of him. That would have been better in, than in the a dog. dog costume. In a dog costume, yeah. It's how well, I also thought. I also thought when the dog showed up too, I thought, I thought the dog was at least gonna like pounce on the kid or attack the kid. But mm-hmm. obviously that didn't happen either. And I was also even thinking like, how? Oh, how, I was like, oh, it's gonna attack the kid. How are they gonna do that? Is it gonna look really like like bad nineties like? computer graphics or something like that mm-hmm. but then none of that even happened either so no. I, who may, maybe it was a budget thing or maybe they were afraid to go too like we can't have a kid mauled by a dog or something so it was probably all those things above yeah so that was wish number two uh bostic got his uh leg broken or something they they call the ambulance but you don't see all that and you see the kids the two kids they are horrified yeah completely like Oh, we shattered his leg or something, but it's like it didn't seem like it, it was grass too. It wasn't even gravel. The kid fell on some grass. Like he's gonna be fine. Right. I mean, I've tripped over many things in my life, and I have never broken my leg. Yeah, so, I think that kid is weak, man. That mullet kid. He's he's all talk, but he, yeah. he ain't he ain't nothing. Man. He he's ain't nothing. all talk. That's what he is. So they go back to Kevin's. No, not Kevin's. Dougie's house, and um, they have like this argument about the about the claw. It seems. And Kevin says something about uh, uh, losing Dougie's folks or something like Mm. that. Losing his folks, his parents. Right, right, yeah. Another wish. Yeah. 
So that's uh, the third wish. Who made it? I don't know. Who does it count to? I don't know. But that's wish number three. Then uh, he gets a call. And it's a cop saying, oh, your parents, they, uh, they there's an accident. Your parents are uh, in the hospital. And it, it kind of sounded like, because Kevin like hangs up the phone. He's like, no, I don't want to hear it. It kind of sounded like the officer was going to say, yeah, they're both dead now. We need you to come in to ID them. But you don't get to hear any of that. Because he hangs up. Yeah. And so, okay, so this, okay, so this is like, we're, we're at the end of the show. Yeah. You know something crazy is going to go on, right? And so when that happened, when whatever kid was like, I didn't, I think it's the mean kid says to the other kid, he's like, oh, I wish your parents would get gone or whatever he says. And he's like, no, 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 no. I was like, oh, that's it. That's the third wish. And I was like, what are they going to do? That's literally the third wish. But then as we were already talking about, there's just a random amount of wishes yeah. because then they just keep wishing or there, I guess there's two more wishes after that. Yeah. And everything really easily is reverted back to normal at the end. But I was like, Oh, I thought, I thought that was it. I thought like, Oh my God, his parents are going to get in the wreck and that's going to be the end of the episode. And that's when I was going to be like, this show is crazy. Yeah. This is a crazy kid show that kids watch, man. That is dark. Mm-hmm. But of course they, that's not what happened at all. It didn't, it, like I said, it, it kind of just falls apart. Like the whole mythology, the very, mythology they build around this claw it just slowly doesn't really make any sense anymore right because there's just an infinite amount of wishes it seems like and uh it's not like the genie's lamp they could probably wish for more wishes but um i don't know so they, they get another wish uh somebody wishes that their grandfather was there and then uh one of the two kids goes no your grandpa's dead Every time we make a wish, something bad happens. Then do something! I wish Grant's here. He'd know what to do. Ah! Dougie, your grandfather's dead. You don't think. Yeah. And then all yeah. of a sudden, a nice classic car comes pulling up the, the deserted street. All, all mystical, and, and what were you expecting was going to happen at that point? Because I thought we were going to see like a zombie or something. I thought we were going to see like like a zombie, but not in the zombie sense, as you know, a mindless walking zombie, but kind of like maybe a little dirt under his eyes. He's a little dusty, um, you know, Grandpa. And Grandpa was going to help him because I mean, Grandpa is supposed to love you unconditionally, no matter what you do. Uh, make bad decisions, bad wishes, no matter what, Grandpa's going to help you. So that's what I thought it was going to happen. I thought we were going to see Grandpa. He was going to be like, you know what you need to do, uh, young Kevin and and, uh, young Dougie? You guys need to wish that none of this ever happened. And then I I thought that was going to be it. But we didn't get that. We didn't even get to see the Grandpa. I was so disappointed. That was weird. That was another... It was like two misdirects. It was like this misdirect with like, oh, I thought it was going to end with the parents. It was like, no. Then the grandpa thing, I was like... And I personally thought, I was like, I thought we were like the zombie was going to come get them. And Mm -hmm. that was like going to be this like rising tension. And they kind of did that a little bit because we see like... Don't we see the point of view of somebody walking and the kids start getting really scared and that's where tension is supposed to ramp up. Right. And and then take this granted, if I was like six or seven years old watching this it would have still scared the crap out of me Mm -hmm. but i'm just saying now it's just like i don't really understand what was even going on and then the kids are arguing for the claw and they're they're like they're like fighting for no reason like i just felt like all the tension kind of just came out of nowhere you know because like everything was resolved so easily 
Yeah, it was like nothing. They're fighting for the claw. The doorbell rings, and he's like, "Dude, you need to go answer it. It's your grandpa." He's like, "No, nah, I'm gonna go answer that doorbell. No way." And uh, they, he, Kevin or Dougie, one of the two, finally goes, "You know what? I need to know. I know what we need to do. This is what we need to do. Give me that claw." They're fighting for the claw, and uh, this really cool hip techno music is going on in the background. It's really cool, and. Um, Kevin grabs it, or Dougie grabs it, and he goes, I wish that uh, we never broke Mrs. Clove's vase, or vase. I don't remember which one he said. Mm-hmm. And then there you go. And, and that's then it. it's all over, and, and that's it. And I was like, that's it? Yeah. That's all we get? That We got fight. We didn't even get to see the sixth wish. It, was there even six? We don't even know if there was six. Like, we don't, I, I, like I said, I thought it was over at three, and then they made the grandpa wish, and then I was like, wait, oh, okay whatever and then and then and then they did pretty much i don't know it was just like it was so simple to to resolve all of it that it was just kind of like oh they should have just made more wishes and then just been like ah let's just redo everything at the end like there was no and once again it's a kid's show so they're not trying to go that crazy twist ending but i feel like there could have been more like like obviously they try to wish everything back to normal but still in the end something wasn't completely normal or because they wished it back to normal, something even because they, she says whatever you dream, something bad's gonna happen, and right. so they that last wish, something bad should have still happened. But then the, the show just kind of co- concludes with a trick or treat type of dealio. Yeah. Um. And and and, 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 and let me just say, if all of this was about solving the the boss problem, why didn't the lady with the creepy claw in the first place just wish for her own boss to be back to normal in the first place and just get over it, lady? Yeah, she could have had this all neatly wrapped up in you know a matter of two minutes, but no, because she, what did she these went the long kids way. Learn what? What's the lesson at the end? Don't vandalize anybody's houses, I guess. Don't come into my house again, probably. Don't return to the house that you vandalize, you idiots! Like I don't like they're like they're I don't know. It's like I guess they won't do mischief year next year, but there wasn't too much of a like there wasn't anything that like really. Basically, they learned that all their problems could be solved really easily with a wish in the end. With, with yeah, just they can just go back to Mrs. Clove and say, hey, um, you know that claw that uh, you scared us with last year? Can we borrow it again? And then they could wish themselves up some pretty cool stuff. Like, what if some crazy, I don't know, like, what if one of the kids somehow, like, I don't know, not died? I guess you couldn't do died. But, like, what if, like, in exchange for his parents' life, Something bad had to happen to one of the kids, and I mean, I don't know. Like, I get you would you would scar children if you did something too graphic or crazy like that. But yeah. I don't know. It's hard watching this as a twenty year old and being like, "Come on, that's it. That's the best you guys came up with." Oh yeah, that's that. That's what it was at the time. I'm pretty sure it was all creepy. I mean, this whole show. I've seen a lot of these episodes for uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark and. It's all just hype, 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 hype. And then when you get to the end, it's, uh, oh, okay, it's over. It was easily yeah, resolved yeah, in it's no not time. Yeah, it's not the Twilight Zone, you know? Like, the Twilight yeah. Zone where you have these, a lot, of, in a lot of those episodes, you have these crazy memorable endings or they're twist endings or something that really, like, they have lessons that really stick with you of, like, oh, man, that blew my mind. But obviously this isn't the Twilight Zone. It, it, a lot of these endings, I think probably to a lot of these episodes, are have to be happy endings for the most part. Right. You know, it's a, it's a little spooky, but in the end, you know, everyone was fine and nobody died and everyone's good. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. So the, I mean, last bit, they go, they open the door and then there's a fully full vase there. I mean, I guess, did, did they keep the vase or did they go take it back to her and say, hey, um, 
we got your note. Here's the vase that you put on our doorstep. You can have it back. Uh, what do you think happened with that? Uh, dude, the whole I don't know. I I don't I don't <laughs> I don't understand. I I just don't I just don't get it. I just don't even understand the episode. I don't understand the vase thing. Um, I think she. I don't know. Do you think this happens? Do you think this is the first time that this happened to her? Or this happens like all the time where a vase breaks and she always is like, oh, I got to teach these kids what to do. Like, I okay. think maybe that could have been a cool ending is maybe now there's a new set of kids that uh, do something bad to her house. And now she has to teach them a lesson with another claw or something like that. Maybe. But if uh, this is going to be a good ending, trust me. So they they get the vase and they take it back. And they go like, oh man, this this thing's heavy. And Kevin's all like, yeah, but you know, Mrs. Clove, she's gonna she's gonna dig it. It's gonna be great. They, mm-hmm. you know, we're we're taking it back to her. Just you know, get some muscle, pick it up, let's go. So they they go and they bring it. It's heavy, and uh, they they put it on the doorstep. They knock on the door, and some young girl opens the door, and she's all like, hey, uh, is Miss Clove here? And they go, Miss Clove, she she's been dead for like you know six years now. Um, I'm, you know, her niece or something. And then they go, oh, you have the vase with her remains in it. Oh, thanks for bringing it back. We were wondering where that was. And then, boom, ending. That's creepy. That'd be creepy. That would have been a a perfect ending. It's not as scary because, you know, nobody died. Nothing happened. But it it probably wouldn't have let kids sleep at night. Well, yeah, and then it's like... They'd be afraid of like urns over the fireplace that their parents have of their grandparents, and they'd be like, "The witch is in there." The witch is. Um, but you know, it, it, like I said, like it, it, it would be interesting to be interesting to ask the writers if they even remembered at this one because it's been so long. Mm-hmm. Like, was that the ending that you wanted, or even was that the episode that you wanted, or you think like, obviously it wasn't for Nickelodeon, it was like a Canadian series or whatever. But who who mandated you? Like, did you have to water it down? Did you have something creepier planned or whatever? Because there was probably like different things they had to do to be like oh well this is a kid's show so we have to make it you know a certain type of simplicity and we can't go too dark and we can't have too much of a twist so i wonder like i don't know i always want to get in those side like those creative people's minds of like is this really what you want to do or is it kind of just like this is what we had to do because obviously you and me right now we're like oh it would be better if they did this or that or this but you know who knows maybe the writers themselves knew that they're like yeah we know it could be but what are we supposed to do you know this is the show that we were that we're hired for Maybe the writers just say, you know what, just end it. Let's go get a beer. Yeah, and, and yeah, exactly. And maybe that was also is like, it doesn't matter. Just end it, yeah. and then and then the kids put out the fire at the camp place, and they'll see each other next week at their spooky little forest society. Yeah, the midnight society came to a close. And that's it. Like always. Like always, it came to a close, and uh, they all went back to their to their houses and uh, snuck back in. Maybe. Who knows? What time do you think this was? Because they call it the Midnight Society. So I'm, I'm thinking, you know, yeah, they, they come out there at midnight o'clock or, or so. It's not something around there at 10 o'clock. Um, and they stay till midnight and then they come home. Their parents would never let them come out that late. So what time do you think they're really there? I mean, they might. Well, okay. If they tell their parents, it's probably like 8.30 or 9. However, <laughs> I guess if maybe, once again, because they're all hoodlums in my opinion, they're probably already sneaking out of the house. It's probably a school night for all we know. It's like Tuesday night and they're sneaking out of the house. So maybe really it is the midnight society. So maybe. I feel like it's either like they tell all their parents and they get out of the house at 8 and they all have to be back by 10 or they're all sneaking out at like 1130 and, you know, doing hooligan stuff. But, hey, I mean, there's worse things your kids could be doing than hanging out in the forest. But also, wait, wait, wait. I got another thing to say. Okay. Also, 
keep in mind this how the how the show is book ended with the kids talking for some reason this is all about like there's a really quiet kid in the midnight society mm-hmm. and and all of a sudden he's like i got a really creepy story and they're all like oh and then you know and there's some like douchey kid that's like oh looks like this guy's finally talking up right and then when this when the you know the whole quote-unquote story that we're watching ends and we go back to their society the kids act like it's the scariest thing they've ever heard <laughs> like and none really of them were story. like what what the hell what what did you make that up or is this some sort of weird legend of a crows thing because it's not really that there's nothing really scary about it it's not like anybody got they didn't get mauled by the dog right the zombie grandpa never like attacked them or anything mm-hmm. and it had a happy ending so it's weird that they cut back to the kids they're all like Oh my! Like they—they have like the horrified faces on. So yeah, ghost white. I don't know. It's also interesting that that's how the show is for some reason bookended with that that one kid finally speaking up about the crooked the crooked vulture foot about a mediocre uh, story. Yeah, and they're probably like, "Oh, he's the coolest now. He just told the coolest story." When it's just like, "Whoa, man!" Like when I was a kid, there were some kids telling some really gruesome stuff, mm-hmm. and there were certain things I'm like, "I don't even understand what you're talking about," but that sounds creepy. You know, and you're supposed to believe that this story is like the craziest thing they've ever heard. Right. Nah. Yeah, that's the whole the, the whole thing. I mean, we, I didn't we didn't talk about it in the very beginning, but there was like a, another mini uh, story that that we like jump right into uh, about a kid who's like sleeping, and and then something comes out of the closet and scares him, and then the the little brat kid when they come back he goes oh well that's all the story i got i i don't know what comes next who knows and everyone's just like enthralled going um what kind of crap is that <laughs> you can't yeah, just start a story right. that's how it started yeah. i kind of wish it i, I kind of wish we saw more of that because that seemed like more of a traditional like bo- like i was saying boogeyman type of there's something in the closet right type of thing mm-hmm. compared to the, the the weird story that this kid seemed like he was making up as he went along right and maybe every- that's it and maybe that's why we keep talking about how this how the episode like oh that ended really bad it didn't make any sense maybe this is all supposed to be written through the perspective of like a of a, like a 13 year old uh-huh. who maybe in the story he's like i'm just making this up uh, like he literally was like i'm just uh, there's a there's a foot and then the dog shows up and it hurts this one kid and then there's kind of a zombie but not really and then everything's good yeah yeah that's it mm-hmm. so maybe we're all supposed to think this is just it's a crappy story because a 13 year old kind of is just telling it out of his ass how about that oh that's a big cop out yeah big cop out yeah, but, I'd be like, oh, this story's not going to make sense. Uh, don't worry about it. You know, Joey, just write the story. We'll put it on there. Kids aren't going to know. They're just going to blame it on the 13-year-old kid. Just put it out there and do it. Okay. <laughs> and then there we go. We got our Are You Afraid of the Dark story. But hey, maybe but at the same time, if we blame the if we like were to talk to the writers, right? It'd be like, hey, well, I mean, you didn't like it? Well, that's because uh, we wrote it through the perspective of a 13-year-old. Leave us alone. You know, it's kind of an easy out for these writers. Yeah. What do you want from us? Is exactly. what they're saying. So there you go. Yeah. Well, that was the uh, the tale of the uh, no, I can't even say it. The tale of the twisted claw from Are You Afraid of the Dark, nineteen ninety. Uh, Bobby, thank you so much for coming on the show and uh, shooting the breeze with Are You Afraid of the Dark. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. I like I said, this is I think this is the first time I've ever watched a full episode of it. Mm-hmm. It is still. There are parts, like I said, I'm a little uneasy by certain things about the episode. But, overall, I am happy that I faced my fears because I was dreading watching this. 
Like after we were like, we're gonna talk about this. I was like, oh man, I like just don't <laughs> want to watch it. It's gonna. I don't know why, but it's like one of those little things. It's like that scarred me as a kid. I've never ever wanted to watch it. So finally, we did it. Mm-hmm. I've come to the realization it ain't no big deal. I can handle this. Yeah. Now you're gonna go back and watch some of the other ones. No, I'm done for a lot. I'm good. <laughs> I'm never ever gonna watch another episode. No, I'm good. I'm like I I got enough with the crooked claw, but um. You know, nice. at least we did it. Halloween style. Halloween style. So if you guys want to watch this episode, it is on iTunes. Uh, they have it under season two. I'm not sure which episode, but just search for the tale of the twist, uh, twisted claw on iTunes. It's going to pop right up. I'm pretty sure it's on Amazon too. Um, you can go there, watch it. Uh, it. It's fun for what it is, but um, don't expect it to be like Schindler's List or anything. Um but yeah, that was Are You Afraid of the Dark? And uh, Bobby, where can they uh, find you? You can find me and my podcast. Look for That's So 90s. We're on Twitter, and you can follow us on iTunes and follow us on SoundCloud, follow us on Stitcher, depending on whatever device you have. We're always talking 90s nostalgia, movies, TV, pop culture, and how well does it hold up? Are the 90s really as magical as we all remember? Well, that's what we're about to find out, and that's what we're discussing. So thank you so much for having me on. Had a great time talking this show. And to answer the question, yeah, I am afraid of the dark. (laughs) So be it. Come at me. I'm not afraid to admit it because real men admit when they're afraid of the dark, okay? Right. And uh, that's our 90s. It's it's a pretty cool show. I do listen to it uh, whenever it comes out. Uh, I usually wait until Mondays for my long commute. Listen to it. It's a a good show. You're, You're doing a good job. Hey, thanks, man. And all you out there, maybe the 90s weren't as great as you remember. So make sure you listen to our show because we're we're finding out some things. I'm like, Good Burger. I thought that movie was great. And you kind of watch and you're like, oh, oh God. I made my parents watch this. So anyway, yeah, relive, relive those memories with me, please. How dare you talk ill about Good Burger? Okay, good burger. Good burger. Okay, that one was, it's not that. It's, it's fine. It's fine. But there, there, <laughs> we have watched some things, like like certain things, and you just go, oh. Oh, I feel bad. I feel bad that I love this so much. <laughs> yeah, I, I listen to, to the show, and uh, honestly, a lot of the times I'm like, how dare you guys talk bad about this? How dare you talk bad about that? And Because uh, I am a 90s nerd. I love everything about the 90s. The 90s can do no wrong in my mm-hmm. eyes. That's probably why I cannot uh, watch, or watch anything from the 90s and talk bad about it, even though I probably just did about Are You Afraid of the Dark? Hey man, I'm just being brutally honest, okay? That's all. That's all that it is. I feel the same way. But then all of a sudden, uh, you know, I think you got to keep in mind of the time that they were made and all that jazz. But whatever, you know, it is what it is. Uh, everyone, check it out, watch it, give it a listen, give it a review, whatever. And thanks for having me on. Good times. All right. So if you want to uh, send any comments, questions, or anything like that, you can go ahead and send those to the Halloween Podcast at gmail.com. You could also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Halloween Podcast. And uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Bobby, thank you again for coming on, man. Mm-hmm. Had a great time. And uh, yeah, this was a, definitely better than a therapy session. Definitely cheaper. And I definitely <laughs> oh, yeah. got through some fears today. So thank you so much. Good, good. Next time. All right. I'll see you guys later. Good night. Bang. I declare this meeting of the Midnight Society closed. Until next time, pleasant dreams, everyone.
Hello everyone, Lyle is still here, and I wanted to share something pretty funny. So this, this show was recorded months ago, and since then, my son Callan, he, he, for whatever reason, every time I get something new on iTunes, he watches it. So I always have to be very careful about the type of stuff that I download on iTunes, because I know... When uh, when I download it on my iPad, my son's going to be able to download it on his. He's going to be able to watch it. So I'm always very careful about what I put on there. And this is this episode, I got it off of iTunes. And when I recorded this show, my family was out of town. My son was in Arizona with, with his mom. And uh, my whole family was, daughters and all that. So I was home alone and I was doing as much as recording as I could. And I'd say about a week or two after after everyone came home and uh, everyone was settled in, I started noticing that Callan was like watching Are You Afraid of the Dark? And I was like, okay, cool. that That's fine. You know, You're Afraid of the Dark. It's not that bad. He's three, but um, he watches Home Improvement. So... So it, it it's fine family entertainment, sort of. So he was watching it, and probably about, I don't know, maybe a week after that, since I noticed it, uh, he found a little, like, I don't know, a, a stick, I guess is the best way to describe it. This stick kind of looked like a snake head. It was curved, and he kept walking around with this, with this stick, this piece of wood, and he kept calling it his old junky wood. And it became a whole thing around the house for, I'd say, a couple of days. Callan would walk around with it, and he'd be like, it's my, my old junky wood. And then we'd play along, too, and say, Callan, where's your old junky wood? Where's the thing? And he'd find it, and he'd be like, oh, okay, cool. And then I, I was talking to my wife, and we were like, where did he get that old junky wood from? Like, I don't, I can't think of anything of where we saw that. And I, I couldn't think of it either. And then... Maybe, I don't know, a couple of days after that, I see him standing in, in the middle of the living room, like whispering to, to his old junkie Wood, and he said something like, uh, I wish something, something, something. And then he, he drops it and he goes, whoa, like it moved. And then as soon as he did that, I instantly thought, hey, that is Are You Afraid of the Dark? That is where he got it from. And ever since then, um, he, he does it everywhere. He will, he will grab his old junkie wood. He would make wishes and then he'd go, whoa, and drop it like it moved. And then, and then he'd, he'd come up to me and say, dad, here, make a wish. And then I'd make a wish and then I'd go, whoa, and I'd drop it. It just became a fun thing now. <laughs> it's just so funny how impressionable these kids are, especially with something like, are you afraid of the dark? So I hope you enjoyed the episode. I'm going to get out of here because it's pretty late, and I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Good night.